Hey everyone, please be aware this episode contains discussions of sexual assault and harassment. Take care. Hello everyone. Welcome back. I'm Pratt. I'm Redacted, and we're here with Introduce Yourself on one, two, three. Typey teacher. Yay! We love it. How are you? I am doing good. How are you guys? We're good. We're slaying. I like how we're pretending that we are doing this for the first time when we've been sitting here talking for 30 minutes. I know. Welcome to Teacher Quit Talk. We're quitting, we're talking, and we're teaching. <laughs> the trifecta. I'm talking for us as quitting type B teachers. Teaching, but outside the classroom in a new, exciting way. Yeah. Tell us a little about yourself. Tell us about your journey. Yes. Yeah. I'm in my fourth year teaching, and if there are any other fourth year teachers out there, we started in the 2019-2020 school year. So it just truly has been like not one normal year. I've taught third grade the last three years, and now I'm left the classroom, but I'm in a different role as specialist teacher teaching social-emotional learning to third, fourth, and fifth grade, and then I'm a math interventionist for kindergarten and first and second grade. So very hard to explain, but it has been a lot different not being in the classroom this year, but so far I'm really enjoying it. I can already see if you tell a boomer that you do social emotional learning, that they would literally be like, back in my day, we just didn't feel our feelings. It's the new like buzzword. (laughs) Conservatives think that SEL is like the new indoctrination, like the new bad thing that libs are pushing whatever. I don't know. It's all over those accounts. I, for one, want my kids to stuff their feelings down and cry yeah, exactly. in their closet as God intended. <laughs> Raw dog it through life like the rest of like us. Like we're talking about organization and goal setting. Gosh. So for those that don't come from education, could both of you give like a, what is social emotional learning? Because I also don't think <laughs> I know. Yeah. I think of social emotional learning as just things that really make you a human. And when I think about school, I view SEL as important as like any other academics like it's learning how to interact with your peers and how to work through conflicts and how to calm your emotions and how to set goals and how to organize your life and prioritize tasks like all of those are skills that need to be taught like showing respect being a good listener being a good friend like all of those things don't come naturally or inherently to any everybody so it's skills that have to be taught so those that's the kind of work I'm doing right now with at least the third fourth and fifth graders at my school and I think it's so important to especially coming off of the pandemic so many kids missed out on those like interactions at school where those skills are built like at recess or in the classroom so I don't know how I got misconstrued to what people are thinking it is now but I really think it's like the lifeblood of school the curriculum we use is called character strong and they have a saying like it's not one more thing to add to the plate like it is the plate everything else is based upon that so it's something I'm really passionate about same I'm like highly obsessed with social emotional learning. The age group that I teach or taught, young children are naturally egocentric. They are the center of their world. So social studies, for example, is built upon their egocentric worldview, Mm -hmm. expanding that intentionally. And that's the same with SEL. I've never heard of that curriculum, but I'm definitely going to look at it. Yeah, their elementary curriculum is called Purposeful People. I know the founders. I've worked with them before, so it's really great stuff. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like everything that people, especially on TikTok, see me talking about or doing in my classroom that they're like, what is that? We never had that when I was in education. How do you know how to talk to the kids? All of that, I'm like, SEL. It's SEL. Mm. I watched Mr. Monroe and Nala. SEL. Like, 
all mm-hmm. of it. Blows my mind. That is scary to people. Like, I don't understand. I know. I understand that boomers never had to feel their feelings and they did want their children to raw dog it through life but we are here in 2022 and we have options Mm -hmm. now do you know why they care so much what is i really went down a rabbit hole there's like twitter pages that are like dedicated to eradicating sel from schools it's really crazy i'll see if i can find like a quote i was like what is happening there's this quote that says sel is the mechanism by which they will murder the souls of your children stand now or lose them like so dramatic and crazy and it's just like you can't exist in the world without I, knowing those skills. It's really wild. I want to know what they think it is. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm wondering. Like, what I want to get a boomer on the phone right now. Excuse me, conservative boomer. What do you? Jimmy, call one. I'll look through my Facebook blocked list. We can probably get someone on in 15 minutes. Please, for the love of God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this one says SEL is CRT on steroids. They're different. Um, yeah. So different. We're living in the apocalypse times. Like, it's really crazy. Oh, my God. The people that call us snowflakes and say, fuck your feelings. We said, fuck the feelings. Stop bringing it up. <laughs> we could not have been clear. I said, fuck feelings. I, no, I don't want to talk about the, it. The scariest thing about... Oh, hang on a second. Let me hold my child. See, raw dog your feelings. Don't cry. <laughs> I feel like every single year people are like your class is so sensitive your class is so sensitive every year and finally I got to the point where I was like I think it's me and I realized we like talk about our feelings ad nauseum in my classroom how to manage them how to respect other people's feelings how to treat other people when they're having big feelings my kids feel very safe and empowered to cry and express that and go to our calm down corner so of course to the outside world that translates to oh my god why are your kids like so weepy. Well, they feel safe to do so. It's a compliment. Yeah, I felt so proud because in my role, I have some of my old students from last year who are in fourth grade now, and we were doing an activity and I had done it with all the fourth grade classes where I gave them a scenario and I was like, oh, how might that make you feel? And all the other students that I didn't have were like, mad. And I was like, okay. And then the students I had from last year, they're like, disappointed, embarrassed. (laughs) Like, all these like really, like, I was like, wow, yes. Like, more than just sad. (laughs) I was like, Okay, something stuck last year. How powerful to be able to name your feeling like so specifically. Like, I'm not feeling sad. I'm feeling insecure and left out and lonely. And like, that looks different from being sad about something else. So I just think it's so important. And every day, like, feels like such a dream that I, like, the stuff that I get to teach every day, I'm like, this is, this is it. But like, that it's being like villainized so much by the outside world right now by people that don't understand. I didn't know, like, you guys on this until I went down that deep dive. Like, it's really crazy that like kids really really need it but just everything that teachers do these days is just being like really villainized like I even saw this like teacher from one of those you know like really far right like Twitter accounts they were that love to just target teachers there was this teacher like a little kindergarten teacher on her first day of school like first day of kindergarten and it had it said put the kind in kindergarten above her and then it had like our class is a family book something oh. and he went and circled and like all these things like school choice now I fought with him yeah they're like they need to be learning the ABCs not how to be kind I'm like they have to learn how to be kind first because they have to exist with people they were like this isn't your family this is your classroom Maine is so woke the woke agenda and I was like have you ever been to Maine what do you yeah. mean the woke <laughs> agenda in Maine they're not known for that like yeah. you're gonna hate to find out where I teach huh 
funny. It was bananas. They, like, mm-hmm. put that teacher in, like, witness protection program. They, like, ch- yeah. <laughs> they, they, like, hid her away in the district. They were, like, they found you just hot. Oh, and they were pissed. There was a rainbow heart. A rainbow yeah. heart. And I was, yeah. like. Yeah, he, like, circled all the parts of the classroom. And it was, like, kindness. Like, get your kids out of public schools. Like, are you serious? I bet, like, prior to that tweet, there was a Zoom call of conservatives using the annotate tool, just going collab on that, (laughs) trying to figure out what they could bring up. Because there's no way that was the doing of one person. You know, it was like, hey, Craig, 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 there's a rainbow. Rainbow left corner, left corner, left corner, left corner, other left, other left. People attack teachers for anything these days. They need SEL so bad. I mean, they were attacking college because they were like, my kids went to college and came back liberal. And it's like, well, I freaking wonder why. Because they were educated. Now it's, they're learning their feelings and they can tell me they don't like stuff and I don't like that. (laughs) No offense to the people that are Southern are going to be like, I'm Southern and I don't, Jesus Christ. It's So when me and Fraz do it, it's okay because we're from Georgia and Pennsylvania so we're laughing with you, not at you. Yeah, hello. (laughs) Same team. I'm literally your people. It's cool to hear from an elementary perspective what SEL is. I knew it was social emotional learning but I'm not like versed in SEL so my high school version of that is I'd be like is a hot dog a sandwich and then when the administrators walked in I'd be like this is literally SEL. This is relationship (laughs) building right now right here. So it's cool to hear like about like actual curriculum because it is so important and I think what you're saying especially like I started teaching at the same time as you 2019. Survivors. (laughs) Not all of us survived queen. (laughs) (laughs) You survived in your own way by getting out. But I saw, like, kids that I taught pre-pandemic and post-pandemic, how much the post-pandemic kids struggled with just, like, existing around other kids. Like, how short their fuse was if someone was, like, making a noise or kind of in their space, things like that. So I can see how that role is so important within school, because I'm sure what I saw at a high school level was, like, wildly exacerbated at an elementary level. No, did I tell you about my third graders? Mm -hmm. That's not exacerbated. Building a foundation in elementary is really important but I think it should not stop there. Those, like, big kids, like, they could absolutely benefit. As someone who has, unfortunately, witnessed children fight each other in the very literal Mm -hmm. physical sense, I think high schoolers could greatly benefit (laughs) from social-emotional learning. Type B, what were your students like last year? Because mine were literally punching each other at the drop of a hat. Yeah, last year was really a lot for me. It's funny, two of my roommates, they're both teaching fourth grade now, and, like, they tell me about their day. I'm like, okay, I feel so validated because that group of kids... Like, huge emotions, room clears. I would literally stop in the middle of the reading lesson. I'm like, no, we're actually just going to teach a lesson on, like, how to handle disappointment right now because you oh, lost yeah. rock, paper, scissors. Like, full-on meltdown, you know? Because, Dude, like, they didn't yeah. get to be the partner they wanted. Like, I literally, at one point, had my kids lined up at the door. This is a story I always tell because it was, like, so extreme to me. Somebody, like, breathed in the wrong way towards somebody. Like, nothing happened. And I had to put a grade in my grade book, so I leaned down, put the X in my book, and I sat back up. And somebody decked somebody in the face and toppled oh my, my whole line. I was hugely pregnant and people were like punching around my belly and people would be like, third grade? Third grade? I was third like, grade. they are highly traumatized yeah. and then people will be like, well that's not trauma, it was just the pandemic and I'm like, okay, well I'm looking at trauma right now but my school, one yeah. of the reasons I left is because my district doesn't have any trauma informed teaching. It doesn't have SEL very strongly either and these kids are suffering and it's, I can't do this every day. I can't. Yeah. It doesn't serve our kids. 
kids. Yeah, someone told me, I didn't see it with my eyes, but someone told me about an article that they read that third grade was like last year specifically so challenging just because their last normal year was like kindergarten and like those skills are so important so to lose out on that. Hugely important. And not be with their peers and learning how to interact in a classroom and act within a society. Like they just missed out on that. No, it's like really sad. So the work that you're doing, like I know that you know it and I know that we know it, but I hope that everyone listening realizes that this work is extremely critical. And I'm really thankful because this is a new position at my school this year. Before we had STEM as a specialist and they switched it to SEL because I think the work I'm doing and the kids I'm seeing and the skills I'm teaching coming from my classroom, I know how it's important, but I know like you said, there's districts, there's principals out there that like don't see the value in it and don't prioritize it. And I definitely think my district could do a better job, but overall I know that we have time in the day and there's teachers that like are willing to prioritize that. There's also some that aren't, but being in a place where I feel like values it and gives like a space for it is really important. It has to be built into that school culture. What kind of led you to doing this work? Did you think you wanted to leave the classroom and try something else? Everywhere else in the world is experiencing like massive teacher shortages, but in Washington, there's just not enough jobs. So they reduced staffing at my school because our enrollment went down. So you're going to have to let go of seven people. I was going to have to leave. My principal told me that she thought that this would be a better fit for me because I also run like an after school leadership program for students that has like a hundred kids. It's pretty insane. And that's grown a lot. So she really gave me this position specifically for the specialist portion. And she really let me do whatever I wanted, which is, you know, has its pros and cons because it's like nice to have like, freedom and flexibility, but it's also like a big task to like come up with like curriculum for the whole year for three grades. It was a scary like month and a half where I didn't have a job at my school and might have had to be transferred somewhere else, but just like pathways open for me to end up here. And it's been a lot different than being a classroom teacher, like not having my own group of kids, not seeing the same kids teaching so many different grade levels, two very different content areas. It's hard in different ways, not being with the same group of kids the whole day. When you have a really tricky student, you can just (laughs) send them on their way after 45 minutes. Last year and the years before, towards the end of the day, I would just be so exhausted and not myself. So to be in this new role, I feel like I have new energy that I can put back in ways that I didn't have last year. I'm so happy for you. I want everyone to have this story. (laughs) Hypothetically, you know, the hypotheticals are the devil's playground, but if you had not landed your way into this phenomenal position that like just kind of came together in impeccable timing, do you think you would have wanted to stay classroom teaching? Because like you mentioned, it seems like in Washington, it's much more of a vibe than it is a lot of other areas. Fully like in October last year, I was looking up in my contract. Are there penalties for resigning through the year like just to know just to keep that in the back of my mind I had such a difficult time last year but my school just has like a really great staff and in that month and a half I was fully I updated my resume I was looking at other places because I was like I had to put up with so much stuff like all I have right now is like this community of teachers and without that like I don't want to start over so I kind of like made up my mind I was like if I have to transfer I don't know if I want to continue and then it like opened and I got to stay TikTok has been really eye-opening for me like seeing teachers experiences in different parts of the country because the last three years have been so difficult for me and I'm like if I had to do this for like half the pay more duties eating lunch in the classroom with my students like all that stuff that teachers have to put up with I don't think I could do it either so like I don't blame people because I know that this was hard enough as is and I know that I have a lot of privilege teaching and where I teach in Washington because a lot of districts around me treat teachers relatively well comparatively I fully don't think I would have survived if I would 
have had to put up with half the things that I've seen people putting up with on TikTok. It's the eating lunch in the classroom with the kids for me. Like, I've seen a couple people have to, like, face that demon, and, like, that is a hill I don't think I could ever conquer. No. Like, those, I used to have a 30-minute, like, duty-free lunch, and that was my savior. That was my saving grace. People that are just in there. 30 kids, juice packets galore on your carpet. Yeah, like, and then, like, have to take their kids out to recess. Like, they have to spend their whole lunch with their class and then take them out to recess. Absolutely not. I value that 30-minute lunch so deeply to not be around children that, like, to take that away from you. Or even, like, you've talked about, Fraz, like, one time you're just, like, specials. Just, like, we're like, no, I'm not going to take your class. And you just didn't get a plan. That's insane. Those were the worst days <laughs> that they were like, your kids didn't earn art class this week. And I'm like, what the you're fuck like, do you you're mean? Like, but I did. I was a brave little girl. Where's my treat? <laughs> I earned art class. I was on time every day. Everyone was always like, Have your, call your union girl. That's bullshit. And I'm like, do you think that our union cares? Because guess what? They don't care about a single damn thing. They have other issues, allegedly. But mostly they're just probably corrupt but whatever my union was super corrupt and i remember when i hated when people would comment just to call your union because i'd be like queen they are cutting my paycheck and co-signing my pain like i am not gonna i am not gonna ring those people for help yeah if that that's happened because we have a sub shortage just like anywhere else like in the u.s you know but like even if a specialist was gone you could either volunteer to like take your class like i did that one time and i just got paid like an hour for losing my plan but you don't have to do that. If you don't want to, like, someone has to cover. I forgot. Never. They were, I was supposed to get a bump for that. Yeah, hearing stuff like that, like, I just thought would never, ever, ever I, happen where you just lose your plan. Especially now being in a specialist role, I couldn't imagine being like, no. I had totally <laughs> forgotten about that. And I... Just blacked it I, out. I really blacked a lot of last year out, honestly. And I think the hardest part was knowing that they needed SEL. Knowing that they needed help. They needed me in ways that I I could not provide for them on top of the academic turmoil that they were in. And you were going to have 31 kindergartners or something? 35 kindergartners. We should make that a musical. I told so many people that because I was like, my friend in LA has 30 whatever kindergartners. With no aid. That's the shit that gets me. There's four kindergarten classrooms and one kindergarten classroom that's dual immersion. And they were going to give us an... IA on a cart, which is, you know, my favorite type of classroom is those on a cart. <laughs> the cart carrying the U.S. education yeah, system. Yeah, with the wonky wheel. They were going to give us one IA to roam between all of the kindergarten classes, and that IA was also going no. to be the in-house sub. And I know how this shit works. This isn't my first rodeo, because they give you an aid, and they're going to pull that aid anyway. My other half of my role, I'm like a math interventionist, so I'm either like pushing in or pulling out groups for kindergarten, first, and second grade, because I work at a title school, so we have more support staff, but those are the people that always get pulled to sub, which sucks because they can't work with the most impacted students and they can't actually do their jobs like when I came to meetings at the beginning of this year like those people they were like so defeated when we had to make the sub rotation schedule because they each had to sub 36 times last year because the district doesn't send 
subs to our school because we have this pool of staff we can pull from. So they send them to other schools. But then it's like, but then the reason we're here is to serve our students. And we can't do that because like we're always being pulled. It seemed to be better this year. There's so many times that you can tell just from like district behavior that like they set this up in a way that they knew it was going to shake out like this. And they just wanted it to look good on paper. Like the fact that someone there consciously made a decision that was like, let's put them last on the list for subs because they have these people. Like, I get it. Resources are finite. You're doing what you need to do. But like, then why are these people even here? If that's just the purpose of them is to make it so you don't have to give us subs, then you didn't care about having this support for our students. You just cared about writing down that you had the support Mm -hmm. because if it was about that, you wouldn't want them subbing. And if it didn't matter what it said on paper, you would just hire them as subs if that's Mm -hmm. what you needed. Yeah. And last year, my district did something which like on paper was like really admirable because they were like the district office was like, we see the sub shortage and how it's impacting. So we're going to have like district office staff who will be like Rover subs. So like our superintendent was subbing in classrooms, like, you know, like those the district office people were subbing, but they did it for a couple months and they never came to schools like mine. It felt kind of performative. Like when they first said that they were going to do it, it was like, oh, wow. Yeah. Way to like boots on the ground be in there but then they did it like twice they said that was a great 20 minutes i'm so glad i did that thank you so much i'm gonna go back to the district office now they're like if the ac in here is a little weird just by the way in case anyone hadn't noticed i really wanted people to hear about your role because i Mm -hmm. feel like it's so cool and it's so needed and it's so unique Mm -hmm. and like people outside education just have no idea what that is and i think a lot of people outside education have this misconception that every person that's in education shows up every day, teaches the entire day, the same group of kids, and then goes home. And I think people Mm -hmm. don't realize how, like, schools have a lot of people in them and a school is Mm -hmm. a big ass organization at the end of the day and there's lots of jobs to be done so for Mm -hmm. people that want to leave the classroom or just want to try different teaching stuff like there's cool roles and especially like what you were saying in states that want to fund those roles yeah last year I was like updating my resume like wanting to leave but then something about even just like being in a new position I just feel like really refreshed and like I feel more creative and that's what was really hard for me last year is every day was just like so hard and I was just surviving day to day but being in this new role has been different in that it's allowing me to try out new ideas and build relationships in a different way and try out new things and be more flexible of what like brings me joy within teaching and I think sometimes it is just the right decision just to leave teaching if you have really toxic admin if you're in a situation that's really horrible if you're in a state where like you were like teachers are just paid terribly and you can't literally afford to live your life on a salary like I understand that sometimes it's just not a viable option but if you're in a position where you're like feeling stuck and like it's not working like trying a new school trying a different kind of position this year and last year like light and day for me being in like a new position I feel like it's given me like a new refreshed joy in teaching that I haven't felt in a really long time that's awesome so you were saying that there is something about what's going on in Washington to make it the it girl right now like why is Washington so good not every Everywhere in Washington, like Eastern Washington and other parts of Washington are not there yet. But right before my first year teaching, when I was in college, there was something called the McCleary decision because the state of Washington was being sued by the U.S. government like every day because they were not funding education like properly. So they had to update their funding. So more funding went into teaching and specifically money that was like for teacher salaries. So Washington got a lot more funding suddenly for education. And we also have really strong unions 
students. If there was a teacher at my school that like was like, no, you can't bring your kids to art today. That would never happen. If I called my union, like that would get shut down in an instant. I would get back pay. Like we're really protected by my union, which I really appreciate. And I feel like at least my union and my school district have worked to build a partnership over the last few years and are really like working together and our union has a lot of power and bargaining power and especially in the area that I live in the districts are really competitive with each other there's a neighboring district next to me that it's like in their contract that they have to be the highest paid district in the state and every three our like contracts are like up within a couple years of each other so we just kind of keep like edging each other out so there's like competition within districts too to keep rising like the highest paid teachers in my district after 12 years make $140,000 if you reach the top of the pay scale as they should I want yeah. I want a union that protects me with the vigilance of Navy SEAL Team 6 and that core coordinates our contracts to get us paid as high as humanly possible Mm -hmm. by putting highest paid district in the state and (laughs) then just that is incredible Mm -hmm. every union leader needs to go here and take notes I don't know what y'all got in your water but great job yeah so I think and I know that I was just like really fortunate in my timing of entering the field where like I just kind of got to reap the benefits of what teachers before me fought for so many years to get because there was a time where it probably wasn't a very good experience to be a teacher in Washington like I remember when I was in high school we were closed because they were like striking and stuff so they fought for a really long time to get here but unions really do have a lot of power and I feel like can really make your experience better but it sucks in states where it's like you have a union but I don't have any power because I think it is so powerful to have a group of teachers together and what they fight for I feel like can really make a difference especially in careers like teaching where I don't have to eat lunch with my class I don't have any extra duties I have a guaranteed plan time every day before I was on TikTok I just thought that was like a normal if you're being treated terribly and your admin is toxic and you have all these extra responsibilities and you can't even afford to live or where you work like obviously that makes teaching not a viable career. I'm obsessed with this union activity. I'm really not going to get over it. Wow. How do we feel about the idea of going through some submissions together? I like that idea. Okay. Let's get into it. So now we're going to talk about submissions. We're going to read some submissions and we're going to discuss. Take it away, Redacted. Okay, so... Hello. As a first-year teacher, my absolutely unhinged... Oh, language warning, just BT-dubs. Hello. As a first-year teacher, my absolutely unhinged principals called my co-workers pussies because they were artificially inflating grades instead of failing kids. She said that I was the only one with balls because I wasn't doing this. Mind you, it was not heavy balls that made me do this. Rather, it was total ignorance. I absolutely <laughs> did not know that I could do this. I was actually fighting for my... My life against enraged parents. When I had the paperwork and data and the parents' support to legitimately send kids to summer school at the end of the year, the same principal said she would report me to the district for insubordination if I didn't pass all the kids. I left teaching after three years of teaching middle school science. I loved it, but it almost ruined me as a person. I was a great teacher, and I'm so sad that I won't get to connect with students in that way ever again. I was like, why did she say language warning? We said fuck like eight times, and then you used that word, and I was like, oh, 
This is why I hate that word. Imagine as a principal, like, looking at your staff and saying that when you're, like, not drunk, not at happy hour, not as a joke. Like, I can't think of any type of reason. I never want to hear my principal say that. I want to know what this person's like. I want to sit down with this principal and have a margarita and chips and salsa because I I have some questions to ask you. Uh-huh. Oh, my God. That's hilarious. How do you, you find the best ones? I have a knack. That one really had it all because it had getting yelled at for doing something and then getting yelled at for not doing that exact same thing <laughs> later. So you really, I love it when you get it from both sides. That's probably my number one favorite. <laughs> the duality of public education. The, the fact that it said I was actually fighting for my life against enraged <laughs> parents. Imagine that feeling in that meeting. Everyone's getting reamed out and you're like the star that's not inflating grades. And you're like, this whole fucking time I could have just typed in 100 and slept soundly at night. That was an option. <laughs> no one told me. Oh, God. Yeah. I remember probably my my proudest teacher moment is I was like eavesdropping on kids that I had taught talking to my new kids at the beginning of the school year and they were like yeah Miss Redacted like she seems super nice like in class like she's so fun and so nice it is gonna give you every chance but then she'll just put in that zero and if you come to her later she's literally she won't feel bad like she's just gonna leave it in there and I was like I was like I have curated the perfect reputation okay I'm gonna read this one because it just shocked me but I haven't gotten through so it could be could go south another teacher in my grade level put his hands on a kid grabbed them very aggressively with malintentions in front of myself and a large number of others we all reported it and his history of super unprofessional and straight up mean behavior towards the staff and other kids and he literally didn't get in any trouble at all we were told we're not allowed to talk about what happened, that he's not fired or anything because this could be a teachable moment for him. And we were told not to say anything to the parents. I know it's hard to keep teachers, but they've literally fired other coworkers on the spot for way less. This is an at-will employment state and we have no union. So literally it's just because he's such a kiss ass and a favorite of our admin that he's not getting any consequences. He doesn't even think he did anything wrong while the rest of us are having a morality crisis because this has been eating at us. If nothing comes of this, a whole bunch of us are thinking of leaving. The not telling parents part is crazy. If somebody touched my fucking child and nobody told me they should report it i i can't imagine a world where i wouldn't i cannot imagine sitting on that information i would have made a tiktok about it i would have called people i would have gotten my who do you report that to yeah if the admin won't do anything do you call like the child and family or the district or the cps jill biden (laughs) jill biden herself at Joe Biden. <laughs> I don't know what I would... I would lose my shit. Come help. You just at her on Twitter and you're like, hey, DM to you. Yeah. <laughs> I can't imagine not getting involved. It's the not telling the parents. Can you imagine if a female teacher grabbed a child aggressively? I'm sure it wouldn't have been swept under the rug in the same way. I mean, the fact that the entire... There were so many witnesses and no one said shit and they still haven't said anything? I'm sorry. That's outrageous. Especially because... 
They said that other people have been fired for less offenses. So it's not like hard to do so if it's an at-will state. Like if they did something like that, I feel like that's a fireable offense. Oh, 100%. I feel like it's a fireable offense for the admin for trying to sweep it under the rug. I really think that men do have different... What's that TikTok sound that's like... You don't have to be perfect or or exceptionally great. You don't even have to be good. But I do. (laughs) I do. (laughs) That's literally... My first year. Okay. Trigger warning. I was assaulted by my grade level lead my first year teaching. And it was horrible because he wasn't fired. He was forced to resign in November. But I was the second teacher he did that to. The only reason it came to light is because I had a breakdown and told the girl who he assaulted the year prior. And she sat me down in the middle of the school day, got us both coverage for our classes and called HR and was like, it happened again. I told you it would happen again. And then the principal, when I said what had happened, she was like, okay like rolled her eyes inside and it was this whole saga where hr i submitted 151 pages of documentation of text messages screenshots stories witnesses because he like screamed at me and like made really vulgar comments in front of the entire staff so everybody knew about this going on and after submitting that documentation I had a meeting and the HR guy was like why did you say thank you for the ride home to him that was his takeaway from 151 pages after the assault occurred he drove me home and I said thank you for the ride but like nobody in the room was like wait a second that's real fucked up like no they didn't but he wasn't fired wasn't taken he teaches kindergarten in another part of LA he was moved and not only was he moved but a teach a student from that year of his his mom is dating him and my co-worker her child was going to be put in his class at this other very bougie private school and she rolled up and was like over my dead body my child will be in that man's class because she worked with us when this happened the year that it happened that spring 23 teachers left that school oh my god including both of the principals you should not need oh my gosh you should not need 151 pages of documentation for that to have been addressed like that poor other teacher that happened to mm-hmm. she just had to sit there and endure it unless you make an 150 page document to try to get anything and i just couldn't fathom like what was why why yeah and the fact that he's still teaching kindergarten like yeah that's crazy yeah it's really explicit sometimes too like nothing to the point like of what you horrifyingly had to experience had happened to me but when I was in my entering into my third year the coach that oversaw my department like the instructional coach not like a sport coach that oversaw my department was like I'm gonna really need your help this year like you're one of the stronger teachers and she was like we have so many male teachers in this department you know how men are like we're gonna have to do this kind of stuff for them so that our department doesn't get knocked down and she was like I really we're gonna have to teach them we're gonna have to help 
them on like how to do their bulletin boards and things that like the districts like little look fors and things and I remember being I was like I can't believe you're like actually saying this to my face right now like I can't mm-hmm. believe we're in a meeting and you're sitting down and looking at me and telling me like because you're a woman you're gonna do more work and not get the credit for it and mm-hmm. yeah did those men's bulletin boards look fucking fire when I did them? Absolutely they did. Of course, I'm not going to do a bad job. But, like, mm-hmm. at least at least if the women have to do the bulletin boards, pay us. You know what yeah. I mean? We're going to have higher expectations. Yeah, the fact that it's, like, an expectation. Just, yeah, because you're a woman. Like, we need to do that. For the poor men, they can't make a bulletin and board. And also, for the two men listening to this, I th- he probably never thinks about this, but I had one time that a male colleague did something that was so impactful for me. He came in my class one day to ask me to borrow something and I was playing gim kit with my students and he was like oh this is really cool what is this and I showed him how you can like do it from a quizlet and it's super easy and super quick and then during a walkthrough the district like gave him like a shout out for using that game and in the follow-up meeting he said I actually don't want to take credit for that I want to give credit to Miss Redacted because she was using it with her students when I walked in and then I used it in the very next period where y'all came to my room but I just that was something I picked up from her so if you're a man teacher like I know there's a lot of great man teachers out there don't feel attacked please don't report this but there's really easy things you can do to kind of combat this yeah I've had that like working on a team with men where they were like I said something to him and then later he brought that up and like shared it as his idea and then everyone's like wow yeah that's good we should go with that and he just totally owned it like he came up with it and I was like I told you that <laughs> Raz did that school where that terrible man was being terrible is it still terrible there? I don't know they tried to get me to go back and I literally was like over my dead body that's yeah. horrifying and your first year teaching is hard enough like yeah, first yeah. year teaching is terrible and then to add that and the yeah. next it's amazing you made it to your two he straight up told me he was like I'm your grade level lead. If you tell anybody, who are they going to side with? You or me. I've been around here. They love me. I'm the grade level lead. I have friends here. My friends are going to side with me. So they put him on leave while they interviewed every single teacher and staff member at the school to say, did you see what happened to Ariel and so-and-so? What's your side of the story? And I just had to pray that people were going to be honest about what they saw at different happy hours and what he had said at different school events and stuff because... It was literally my word against his, and I was brand new. And, like, the, I remember my principal was, like, I noticed that you, like, hadn't been doing your hair, and you hadn't been, like, wearing the regular cute outfits that you wore, and I knew something was probably wrong, but I didn't ask you. And I was, like, because I wasn't doing my hair and makeup, you knew, you thought that I was going through some shit. So stuff like that that I just was, like, I'm done. But also, if you thought that something was wrong, why not ask? And why not tell you? I saw you were struggling, and I actively chose to do nothing about it. Like, why did they feel like they had to tell you that? No one made them, like, have to admit that out loud. I don't know. It was really... Some thoughts are better if we keep them inside (laughs) our heads. That's an inside thought. What were we talking about right before this? Men having lower expectations in the classroom. The expectations being so low that in in times your district enables you to assault your coworkers, which would be, in fact, the levels 
zero. Sorry, guys. I didn't mean to kill the vibe or anything. <laughs> no, I think he killed the vibe. Yeah, I definitely <laughs> killed the vibe. You would think being in a female-dominated profession that, especially like elementary school, there's four men that work at my school, but does not excuse you from, like, sexism in the workplace. Yes. It's really incredible. That's what I was going to say. I feel like it's so easy to say we should really coddle the men in our field because we want them to stay. We want them to stay. And then I think about the handful of women in the engineering field. They don't get that. Nobody's like, oh, be nice to the women so the women stay. Like, can you imagine? Maybe we should start hazing the men. Maybe that'll work. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's always the stories of, like, women in STEM classes that are like, yeah, like, people tried to get me to quit and give up and, like, whatever, but I, like, stuck. There's so many inspiring stories like that. Like, why doesn't that exist for men? Like, I had to, I was bullied in my education classes. <laughs> They used to bully me in my education classes. They said the, kid, the kids will never respect you because of your body. Yeah, they made and fun I of my think, handwriting. When they, when, when they would put little truck stickers on my folders and all, all of them had little stars and they wouldn't give me a star. They would only give me the trucks because they said I'm a boy. They're making fun of me because I can't make a bulletin board. Like the little banners, they're really hard to get straight. Like they didn't even give us a level or anything. And it's like everyone's... Like it, they gave me the stapler that doesn't open. So like if the stapler... It doesn't open all the way. You can't do the bulletin boards. <laughs> the men get the little tiny staplers, the ones from the dollar store. If there's any students in college listening to this, make sure to start bullying your male peers. Straighten them out before they become teachers. They told me I was going to be a really slow grader because I'm a boy and we're not as efficient at multitasking as women. <laughs> you know, I only had one male professor and I used to go to his office hours and just cry and cry and cry. And he said, you're going to have to be tough to make it. And I, it really, after a while, it sunk in. Oh, my God. Redacted, what's it like to be the funniest person I've ever met? How does your brain work? Like, I just want to live in your brain for, like, one day. Oh, my God. Amazing. Oh, Maybe shit. that should be our next career path, Fraz. We can develop, like, a like a boot camp, if you will, for men that want to be teachers. And we can tell if they're going to make the cut or not. <laughs> like, if you can't handle it, then this career is not meant for you. Exactly. And, like, the day one hazing, like, when you get there, day one of your challenge is I pretend that I'm a seventh grade girl and I just got my period for the first time on the first day of school in your class. What are we going to do like about live this? scenario. Yeah, no, literally. It's going to be, like, high yeah. stakes. This episode is going to get us in trouble. I love men. Men are incredible. This account is a pro-men account. What are we doing here? <laughs> is there any is there anything else you want to include in this podcast? Any other tidbits, words of advice, hopes and dreams for the future? Actually, what do you think is next for you? Yeah, tell us. After this year, I mean, it's only October, but I really hope that next year it gets turned into a full-time specialist position because it's, just, it's my absolute dream job to just teach SEL all day long till kindergarten through fifth. So I hope that's my next step next year, but that's the thing about this position. It was new this year and it's all dependent on enrollment so I don't really know what my future is for sure and I won't until the spring but right now I'm really enjoying being a specialist in that role so I hope that it gets converted to full-time next year so I can just do that all day long and I'm excited to just rediscover a joy for teaching and every fresh like creativity and new lens that I feel like has been missing for me the last few years so I'm excited and it's been fun kind of rediscovering that 
joy of teaching, which has really felt like it's been beat out of me for the last three years. But this year has been like a breath of fresh air to have a new role and trying something different from being a classroom teacher, which I never thought I would do this early in my career. But I feel like it was a really good step for me after last year. Yeah, we love that. Type B teacher, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for being in here. Thank you for laughing with us and loving with us. I love that we got to hear from a teacher quit talk that is still in ed and is in this unique, very much needed position. I really enjoyed hearing your perspective from someone who's like, I think at a very different vantage point than most. Thanks for having me. This is fun. I'm so glad to catch up with you. I'm so happy for you, too. Like, I know that you had a rough year, and Mm -hmm. just seeing you happy makes me happy. Gives me hope. Solidarity to people who taught third grade in (laughs) what year was that? The 2021-22 school year. Also, just all fourth-year teachers who just have been through it (laughs) the last three years. Yeah, you guys really have. Well... We love you all. Thank you for listening to another episode of Teacher Quit Talk, where we're talking, we're quitting, and we're teaching. Oh, we really are, aren't we? Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. I think it's aptly named. (laughs) Good job, Redacted. That was all you. Bye, you guys. Love yas. Bye.